Psalm 127 describes our children in multiple ways, as a reward, as a blessing, and as our heritage. Mm. And so when you change your mind from thinking, my child is a, a burden, my child is another one that i got to feed, my child is another one that's going to cost me X amount of dollars a year, instead it's, no, 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 this is my heritage, this is my blessing, this is my reward. Welcome to Reformed Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, and hip-hop artist. I'm also the co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. Today, I got a very special guest. I have my man, Gabe Beard Game on Fire Johnson with us, and I'm pretty excited to have him on. Uh, how's your week been, man? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me. First of all, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to have you on, man. I figured we would have a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on with you and your family this week? What you been up to? Yeah, so uh, doing good, doing good. Uh, we have a, a fairly new baby, a three-month-old at home. Okay. Uh, so right now we're all about that baby life. Uh, yes. In, enjoying, uh, you know, smiles and giggles and, and uh, watching the bigger kids help take care of the little ones. So uh, enjoying all of that. Right on, right on, man. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of get into uh, our first segment, which I kind of dive right into. It's called... Who is my daddy and what does he do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Who's your daddy and what does he do? Exactly. Get in the chopper. Get in the chopper. Get down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so tell us a bit uh, about yourself. Um, tell us about the size of your family yeah. so our, our, our people can know. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, let us know. Absolutely. Uh, uh Father of seven, husband of one, uh, registered nurse. Um, uh, I prefer the term merce, or uh, <laughs> or if you want to get dangerous, mercenary. Male nurse. There you go. There you go. There uh -huh. we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Seven kids, uh, four sons, and three daughters. Wow. Okay. Give us our name. Their yeah. names really quick. Uh, so we got Nellie, Isaiah, Juniper, Josiah, Azariah, Gideon, and then the baby is Rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah. All right. And then your wife, Melissa. My wife, Melissa. We've been married for um, 16 years now. 16 wow. years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you this. Did you guys come out the gates like, we want to have a big family, or is that something that no. God changed no. over time? No. Actually, uh, we had two kids, and I said, are we done? And then uh, Melissa said, well, well, let's go for another. I'm okay. All right. And then slowly God started convicting us, and I was like, why am I so eager to be done? Each one of these is a blessing. Sure. Uh, I need to I need to enjoy every single one and be grateful for every single one that God gives me. So yes. no, it was not the original plan. Uh, God's plans are greater than mine. So uh, praise God. Now I have seven blessings in my yes. home. Yes, yeah. yes, and uh, I'm the same way. My wife and I, uh, you know, after the first baby, we're like, we're never doing that again. After the second baby, we're like, never doing that again. Yeah. The third baby, we're like. I'm, I'm going to do that again because I trust I trust that, that God. Uh, God is going to bless us through this. And, and uh, regardless of what the outcome is, you know, we're going to be blessed. So we're like, we'll keep going. And uh, whatever God decides to give us, he decides to give us. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, I think it's Rusty Thomas kind of talks about uh, when we have that mentality of, you know, I don't want 
children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's against like the mandate that yeah. God has given us to be fruitful and multiply. Exactly. And it almost it's almost we're taking on this uh, worldly system. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it's it's not of God. It's of yeah. it's a fear based mentality. It's exactly. a self centered based mentality. Mm-hmm. Not to say you know some people who decide for some reason medical issues or whatever mm-hmm. that they can't have children. But uh, the call is to be fruitful and multiply. Absolutely. And I think we also need to change our mindset. I think oftentimes in, in our society today, <clears throat> in our society today, we often think this is a burden or this is an additional responsibility that I have to take care of. And, and, it, and it, became, it becomes a weight. Whereas Psalm 127 describes our children in multiple ways as a reward as a blessing and as our heritage. Mm. And so when you change your mind from thinking my child is a a burden, my child is another one that I got to feed, my child is another one that's going to cost me X amount of dollars a year. Instead, it's no, 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 this is my heritage. This is my blessing. This is my reward. These are my arrows. Then you start going, well, wait, why why have I been thinking about it wrong all these years? Sure. Arrows in the hand of a warrior, right? right. Uh, right. Against the enemy. We want to put those arrows out, let them fly. So... So yeah, I mean you got a you got a big battle team there going oh, yeah. on. Oh yeah, I, I love it. I think Vodi once said, "I don't want to just have uh, you know my arrows. I want to have like an intercontinental intercontinental ballistic missile launcher. You know, like that's yeah. that's what I want coming out of my house." Yeah, he's he's like, I, if I want to have you know bullets or mm-hmm. have uh, be, uh, ammunition, I'm going to have a couple in my oh, yeah. sock, yep. <laughs> in my underwear, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Keep them everywhere. Yep. Awesome, man. So, so um, you work as a nurse yep. in, in a specific field. What? Is, tell us a little bit about the field that you work in. Yeah, I work in dialysis. So I work in um, actually training patients to do dialysis at home. Okay. Um, I, I love the medical field. I've I've been in it now for going on six years, and oh, well, it's been longer than that. But I've been a nurse for six years. And the reason I love it so much is as a Christian, it gives me the opportunity to talk with people that recognize they're dying. People that know that life is fragile. People that know that life has an end date. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, you know, a person that's healthy thinks I'm invincible. There's nothing that that could go wrong. Somebody that has kidney failure or somebody that has congestive heart failure, somebody that has all these things they're battling with, something has become a little bit more real in their mind where they understand um, I've got an end date. And so once they've come to that recognition, once they recognize that, the ability to talk to them about Christ, the ability to talk to them about what happens next right. becomes a whole lot easier. Yes. And um, so the the opportunities that I'm presented with on a daily basis are great. Um, I, I can pray with my patients. I can share the gospel with my patients. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been fired for it yet, so I'm okay. going to keep doing it. Yeah. Praise God, man. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I had the opportunity recently to speak at my grandmother's funeral, and one of the things that I said was, you know, we try to shield ourselves from the idea of death so mm-hmm. often. We hide our we hide our um, our gravestones. We hide our cemeteries, mm-hmm. and we keep them out of sight so we don't have to think about it. But death reminds us that there's something more, right? There's Absolutely. something more, and that we're like you said, we're not invincible. We're mm-hmm. gonna die one day, yep. and um, you know, for the Christian, that's not the end. No. Uh, but for for one who's you know doesn't have faith, there's so much up in the air. Absolutely right. Praise so God. that's awesome that you're in that field. God yep. has placed you there, and you said about six years you've yep. been in that field. Yep. Yeah, at least six years. Yeah, I'm losing track. Before that, I, I worked in the medical field, but been a nurse for about six years. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Well, uh, we come into a segment that's called Best and Worst. All right. Um, where I want to ask you, uh, you know, just about two scenarios in your life. First, we'll start with uh, the best. What is been? What has been your best moment as a father? Man, I've got at least seven of them because every single time one of my children is born, the, being there and uh, seeing God bless this new life being brought into the world is is tremendous blessing. Those are, those are definitely the best. Um, I would say on a, on a regular basis, the best moments of my life are when we sing the doxology and my two-year-old is holding his hands up, singing mm. with us, yeah. and he knows, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. I, that, I mean, I'll, I'll weep like a baby every time I see mm. that. So um, that that's the best moment of my yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've had some other guests on and they say the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's the same, this that moment that they yeah. see their young children for the first time raising their hand and yep. praising God. It's so awesome. Yep, praise God, man. How about a worst? A worst <laughs> moment? Uh, uh, a lot. A pretty lot. Much, pretty, a lot. Pretty much, I, I would say this. I have a dad fail uh, every day, if not, if not sure. uh, multiple times a day. Um, to pinpoint one would be difficult, but I'll, I'll throw this one out there. My my oldest son, Isaiah, um, just turned 10, but when he was rather young, um, I wasn't exactly paying attention, and he took a BB, like the ones you use like in an airsoft gun, uh-huh, okay. uh, went ahead and stuck it up his nose, lodged it pretty pretty far up his nose, and here I am laughing. Um, not not a good moment as a dad. But uh-huh. then we ended up taking him to the hospital. We're waiting in the in the you know ER waiting room, waiting for him to hopefully get seen and get because I couldn't get it out. Like I tried, couldn't mm-hmm. get it out. And um, by the time they actually roomed us, he had either snorted it further back uh, or it had fallen out, and they could never yeah. find it. And here I am laughing the whole time. And then I realized later. Probably, probably needed to show a little bit more concern yeah. for my son's well-being. Um, so they never found it. Never found it. I don't know where it went. I don't know where it went. Wow. We joke around with him sometimes and tell him that's why he is how he is. Yeah, he's got, he's got it. He's got in him. some foreign body shoved up in his brain. But yes, yeah. you know it's funny. Uh, my daughter's had has stuffed stuff up her nose, mm-hmm. and literally last week. <laughs> I had to give her mouth to mouth oh, no. because there's a trick to getting things out of their nose. You plug one nostril and you blow really hard in their mouth. <laughs> so I literally yeah. was plugged her nose, yeah. opened my mouth around her mouth yeah. and blew as hard as I can. And it just <laughs> flew out of her nose. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was, you know, I probably could have handled it better because I was angry. It was in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and we've told her before, don't stick up with yeah. your nose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a little mouth-to-mouth with yeah. the daughter, you know. These are the tricks you learn as a dad, right? Yeah, right. that's good stuff. Yes. So, man, I want to ask you, um, mm-hmm. every person I have on, we ask them uh, five questions. We call them rapid-fire questions. So All right. I have five rapid-fire questions okay. for you. One I'm going to throw. Actually, it's going to be six because I'm going to throw one in. Okay. All right? All right. First question. Yeah. How old is your beard? How old is my beard? Uh... Dude, that's a tough question. Five years? Five years. Five old. years, but I, I I keep it trimmed. Otherwise, I get the Viking thing going on where I could braid <laughs> it out into two. Okay. Uh, or or as some people call like the uh, the, the the butt chin. You uh-huh. know, you get the crack down the middle. So, uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta keep it trimmed. Otherwise, it gets a little unruly. Um, but I would say I've 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 been proud of my beard for about five years now. So five years old. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, okay. you could probably ask my wife that, and she would know uh, better than I did. She did ask me to cut it one time. 
I cut it, and then she saw my face again. She was like, no, never mind. You should grow that it. back out. Leave it. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cover up your triple chin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second question. Um, yeah. Who? I know you're into Christian hip-hop. Absolutely. Who's your favorite Christian rapper? Other than you? Other than you? Oh, okay, so uh, other. if I have to pick somebody um, other than you, man, I... There's a, I listen to a wide genre of Christian hip hop, um, Shylin, Timothy Brindle, uh, KB, Derek mm-hmm. Minor. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick an artist that was like this is the one I could just have on repeat over and over and over again, I would have to say Odd Thomas from okay. um, Beautiful Eulogy. Yeah, I, I love the brother, love what he does, I love his style. Um, I've had the opportunity to hear him live several times, and um, just I love him. Okay. Um, yeah. Humble Beast. Yeah. Humble Beast all the way. Love everything they put out. Love Prop. Love the whole gang. Right on. Okay. All right. So obviously we've had a, a new Kanye West album. Mm, I've heard it. I've yeah. Heard it. yeah. So, so which Kanye West album is better? Do you think that it's uh, Jesus is King or The mm-hmm. College Dropout? <sighs> wow. That is that is a tough question. There's a big distance of time there is. between them. There is. There is. I think, if I remember right, College Dropout came out around 2004, 2005, somewhere yeah, in that genre. That's right. And I was in college at the time, so I remember listening to College Dropout. And, and I, I remember specifically College Dropout because up until that point, I was definitely a punk rock kid. Okay. And, you know, when you're a punk rock kid, you get asked about other genres of music, country, uh, classic rock, hip hop, rap, whatever, and and you know the response is, "Shut up, listen to that stuff." You know, okay. I'm, I'm punk rock only. Okay. But college dropout was one of the ones that definitely made me go, "Oh wow, there actually yeah. is really good stuff in hip hop." And I think Kanye that when Kanye dropped that album, I think that was a big turning point for me. That I I added a lot more things to my music repertoire at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, but I would have to say, if I'm answering honestly. Getting to hear Kanye say that Jesus is King, Jesus is Lord, man, it melts me. It melts yeah. me, and I, it, I, you want to see men go from lost to save. You want to see the scales removed. So, all in all, I would have to say uh, his most recent work is is probably my favorite. Okay, yeah, there yeah. was I was a Kanye fan early on. That was same time same time I had probably just graduated uh, high school, going into college, and I was big into hip hop and. Um, yeah, that college dropout was probably actually the last Kanye album that I listened to before I became a Christian. Mm. Just kind of like I yeah. don't even want to listen yeah. to that anymore. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good album. Oh, it's great album. You know, it's a, it's we'll probably get some flack about saying good things <laughs> about Kanye's old stuff. Right. But I right. was very like the same way when I saw Kanye come around and become a Christian. I was like kind of choking it back. Right. I was like, right. man, happy to see him come yeah. around because because I was doing the same junk. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you could only listen, if you could only sing one song at family worship for Ooh. the rest of your family worship years, what would it be? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. Um, I'm a big fan of the hymns, uh, hymns and spiritual songs, and um, I think if you asked one of my children that, I, I mean, there's one of my kids that if I, you know, he'll pick holy, holy, holy every single time we do okay. family worship. Yep. But for me personally, I would probably have to pick uh, Love of God. Okay. Um, if you're familiar with him, Love of God, the uh, third verse 
you know, talks about, you know, if every, if every tree on earth were, you know, quill and it talks, it gives this beautiful imagery of if, if the sky were made of parchment and, and every man was a scribe by trade to write the love of God mm. above would drain the oceans dry. You know, there's this beautiful imagery in that third verse. And, um, I remember the first time I heard it, I thought, man, that's, that's awesome. And I looked up the story. Um, the hymn was written, the author of the hymn, uh, wrote the first two verses, couldn't come up with a good third verse. Okay. Found the third verse by chance as a as a poem written okay. by a prisoner on the walls of, of a prison that he oh, served wow. his life sentence. So here's this prisoner, has plenty of time to think about things, yeah. and uh, writes down what is now the third verse wow. of uh, the love of God. And... Uh, Man, I love it. Beautiful imagery, beautiful imagery of how we as man could not possibly begin to try to summarize everything sure. that defines the love of God. So I love it. Love right. of God, probably my favorite one. All right. Vody Bauckham or Douglas Wilson? Whew, another tough question. You didn't give me any, mm-hmm. you know, any softballs mm-hmm. uh, to, to hit at. Um, that's, you know, that's like saying, would you prefer peanut butter jelly, you know, one without the other? I mean, I love both of these brothers so much. Um, I will, I will admit that I've been on a little bit of a Douglas Wilson rampage. I've read like three Douglas Wilson books all in a row. I love okay. the Wilson family. I'm currently reading a book by Douglas Wilson called Father Hunger. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Stellar book. If you get a chance to purchase it, um, I absolutely love it. Highly recommend it. But if you ask me tomorrow, I'd be like, well, I love Vody. You know, yeah. I love Vody. His, yeah. Vody's book, um, Family Shepherds, um, is one of the reasons that, well, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I could go on and on. Sure. But today... I'd have to say Doug, but tomorrow I'll probably say Vody. So I, okay. I can't pick one. It's I can't tough. Pick it's one. tough. It's a tough one. Yeah, no. Mm. Yeah, I love both these brothers. Great men of God that have encouraged me and have edified my walk over the days. And the last question. Okay. If you're condemned to spend the next 10 years at a gospel church, gospel movement, prosperity gospel, and you have to choose a pastor, either Todd White or Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> C, none of the above. Uh, no, actually, I, I would say this is a little bit of an easier one. Todd White. I would pick okay. Todd White. Um, reason being, uh, first of all, I think that dude played in the NHL, right? He was an NHL player. I think he's a retired NHL player. I think he played in the league for like a decade. And um, I have a lot of respect for hockey players. They okay. are probably the toughest athletes on the planet Earth. Okay. You know, you watch football today, and it's like, oh, I got turf toe. Mm-hmm. I broke my toenail. Mm-hmm. I need to take a month yes. off. Yes. And you got hockey players that like, oh, I just got three teeth knocked out, and they're wiring my jaw shut in the middle of the game, <laughs> and I'm going to get back out there and score a goal. Uh, a lot of respect for him. Uh, funny story. I don't know if you've actually heard this before. Uh, stop me if you have. But uh, we... We as a church actually met Todd White on a missions trip. I did not. Have you heard this story no, before? I have not. So um, we were on a missions trip in, on the island of okay. Kauai as we okay. were setting up a church there, and um, uh, you know, big big group of, of dudes, and uh, this little girl walks up to Pastor Luke. Uh, so those of you that don't know Pastor Luke, Luke Pearson is a bear of a man. Yes, he uh, is. Covered in tattoos, has a gnarly beard, and this little girl walks up to him and starts sharing the gospel with him. Like, hello, sir. Have you heard the good news that you can be saved from your sins? Okay. And Luke's like, who is this girl? And sure enough, it's Todd White's daughter. Okay. So um, if I had to pick somebody that maybe I didn't necessarily agree with their uh, doctrine, um, I might pick him just because of his veracity to have his kids uh 
preach the gospel. That's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Did he grow your leg? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he didn't he make didn't, your he leg didn't, as he long didn't try. as the other one? No, and I didn't ask him to, but he didn't try. No. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. No. Well, we've had some fun, and uh, I kind of want to get into the discussion segment yeah, now. Yeah. Um, you know, I brought you on because you're passionate about family worship, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to, you know, you have seven children. You've uh, spurred that on, you mm-hmm. know, for uh, many of men in our church. And uh, I just kind of want to, you know, speak to you about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tell us, uh, tell us first, and you were kind of sharing with me before, why are you so passionate about family worship? Yeah. So uh, family worship is something that I'm convicted over, something that I'm broken over. Um, I believe that uh, family worship is central to the home um, for multiple reasons. Um, I think we live in a time where fathers are absent. Fathers have abdicated their role to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, fathers have abdicated the role to their wives. Um, fathers have abdicated the role to the government and so on. Right. You know, fill, in the, fill in the blank. I believe family worship is central to um, a biblical household because this is this is where my kids learn the Christian worldview um, from me. Okay. Right. Yep. So um, if I'm the house and I'm the walls of the house, I have this window, and I'm teaching my kids how to look out at the world. Okay. My family worship is um, a precious time to me. Family worship teaches my kids how to read the Bible, teaches my kids how to talk to God, teaches my kids how to uh, sing and glorify God's name. So uh, I think this is—I think it's crucial. I think it's absolutely the, the crux of the home. And who introduced the idea of family worship to you? Because I'll tell you, for me, the first time I even heard about family worship in my walk as a Christian was about— two and a half years ago, my first time mm. at man camp. Mm. Okay. And uh, one of the things that Zach Conover was talking about was family worship. And he, that idea was, it was the yeah. first time somebody had even presented that idea to me. Right. So what, what was that? Who, who presented that yeah. to you? So for me, I, I probably have a similar story. Um, uh, an older brother in, in the faith, an older brother at our church um, was broken over it as well. His name is Jim Kretz, um, brought it to the attention of several men at the church and uh, said, hey guys, th- there's this book I think we should all read. It was a nice, small, easy to read book called Family Worship by Donald Whitney. Okay. Uh, highly recommend the book, broke me down. Um, and he said, I think we should read this and I think that it's something that we should implement. And uh, I read it um, and I, I was broken. I was broken. Mm-hmm. I was convicted over it. I was convicted over my sin and not leading my family in this way. And uh, I came to him and he said, well, you know, the next time we have like a men's group, I think you should teach this. And I said, I, uh, why? I was like, I'm the worst at this. Like, th- this is something that I'm currently weeping over because I've done such a poor job over it. And uh, he said, well, I think I think it'll be coming from a good place because you're so broken over it. So uh, that was the start of it for me. It's been a few years now. And, and I will say that family worship just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter. Mm, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Similar story for me. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even have the thought of family worship. And then that was put into me and I was seeing all of these uh, men of God leading their families, you know, large families and talking about how much they were getting out of family worship. And obviously our church being a family integrated church, Mm -hmm. um, we're not sending our kids off to the youth pastor or or anyone. Um, So, so kind of tell me, um, you know, biblically speaking, like what, what is some scripture that we can stand on for uh, doing family worship? Like, 
where has God commanded us or shown us that we're to kind of do family worship? Absolutely. Uh, I would say, first off, like the entire book of Proverbs, uh, <laughs> that would that would be a good starting place. Um, you know, you train your child up in the way that they should go, and then when they get older, they won't depart from it. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I, the whole body of of the canon of scripture speaks to this. Um, I would say one of the more convicting places is Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6 is uh, often referred to, or at the beginning of it, would be the Shema. Uh, the Shema would be a prayer that uh, good Jewish boys and girls would say every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The verse that literally follows, follows that right up talks about... Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. I read that and the first thing that comes to mind is if I'm doing it when I sit, when I'm doing it when I rise, I'm doing it when I'm walking, when I'm doing it when I'm going this way, when I'm doing it that way, that doesn't leave any other yeah, time. Right. Literally, um, we're, we're, we're told here that this is so important, it should be just oozing out of you. It should be something that is uh, pouring out of your life at all times. Um, and it's so important that we teach our children uh, who God is, that we teach our children how to love the Lord, teach our children these things, that it should just be happening all the time. Sure, sure. And it's, um, you know, it's our our walk matching our talk to our children. Absolutely. We're telling them to follow after the Lord. We're telling them um, that God is the ultimate authority. We're, we're telling them that we're under the authority of, of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we... How can we model that in our home by showing that we're we're giving worship together as a family, exactly. that, that dad is worshiping and praising God, uh, as opposed to let's send, let's go to church on Sunday, let's send them off to youth group, let's go into uh, our big, big praise right. and worship, and right. we don't have to see what's going on with them, and then afterwards we can ask them a few questions about what they learned, right. and that's the extent of it, right? right. But um, we men- you mentioned before... Uh, in our conversation is that that youth pastor is not going to be held accountable before God for their children, right? We are the heads of the household. We are going to be held accountable for what happens in our doors. And our our home should be a place uh, where the Lord is praised, right? Amen. Yeah. Now, I was was just listening to Bodhi, uh, his uh, uh, Family Driven Faith. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to that book, and he was talking about uh, making our home like a shrine, yeah. you know, in a way to the Lord and right. and sanctifying it for him and the things and touching all of the senses, right? And then he mentioned that family worship touches all of those Absolutely. senses in one sitting. Right. So pretty, pretty amazing. Um, what would you say to the person who's like, well, you know, that's all good for you, but, mm-hmm. you know, our church has a, a great youth ministry. Yeah. People train for that. What, what would be kind of your, your response to right. that? So I think you hit on it. Number one, um, that youth pastor, while he may be trained very well, while he may have the best of intentions, he is not going to stand before the Lord and answer for how he was a steward of your children, right. right? So you have been granted a tremendous gift, a reward, a heritage. Um, you you are the one that's going to answer for how did you wash your wife with the word? How did you shower your children with the word? That's your responsibility. Um, I, and, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is, you know, love your neighbor. 
what neighbor is closer than the ones that literally live down the hallway, right. you know, right. the ones that are in your own home. There's no greater way to show love to your children um, than to show them the way to worship God. You know, so um, my my argument for people that may say, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good to, to let the youth pastor do that, or I'm, or I'm good to let my Christian school be the only one that teaches um, my children that. Um, I, I would ask you, do you truly view your children as a blessing? Because if you did, it sure seems to me like you would want them, you would want the best for them. Sure. Um, you would want uh, to make sure that you're raising them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Right. That's our call, right? Absolutely. As fathers, right? It's obey your your or parents in the Lord for this is right. Yep. Raise your children yes. up. And it's not the youth pastor right. raise them up. So so yeah, so you know, kind of uh, unpack that for us. Um, tell us about, you know, your family worship kind of, you know, some people may have this huge uh, blown out idea of what family worship is, thinking that they need to put lots of hours of study or that they're not worthy or they don't know enough to lead their family in worship. And it's not that way at all. Correct. Correct. And and what you just said is exactly, it's, it's almost the number one, um, response I get when, when I, when I hear dads that are scared to do this, you're like, man, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't have time to prep for this. Or uh, I feel like I've waited too long. How do I get into it now? Um, thing, things along those lines. H- here would be my encouragement to those brothers. Um, you don't have to prep. You're not preparing a two-hour sermon um, for a Sunday service. Um, I think what is beautiful is read the Word together and give your raw interpretation of that passage. Okay. Um, you know... My suggestion would be, you know, start in the Gospels or start at the beginning of the Bible and read a chapter together as a family uh, every night. Um, So we're reading tonight. We're reading John one. You get through John one and then you look at your kids and you say, well, what stood out to me is that, you know, da, 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 da. Uh And then you turn around and you look at your kids and you say, now, what did you get out of it? Or for your young kids. What didn't make sense? Were there words in there that you didn't understand? Okay. Um, are there questions that you have about this passage? Get everybody involved. Ask them questions. But this doesn't need to be, oh, I need to spend two hours prepping for a two-hour sermon. Right. No. Open up your Bible. Open up your Word together. And and if a chapter is too much, read five, six verses. Right. You know, it, tailor it to how much time you've got and the age of your children um, and go from there. Right, right. And um, we're reading, uh, our families are reading Genesis right now. So we're going through the book of Genesis. My kids love the stories yeah. in there. They don't necessarily love the uh, the lineage. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, um, yeah. but they'll get through it. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're saying it doesn't have to be this long, drawn out thing. Read a chapter with your yeah. kids. Read a section with your kids. Now, kind of run it. What, what do you guys do? What's your normal uh, evening? Yeah. You know? So family worship for us looks like... Uh, three main components reading the word worshiping god through song and prayer um those are the three things keep it simple you know and as your children get older maybe you have the opportunity to add in catechism catechism questions maybe you add in books like pilgrim's progress uh things along those lines but if you if if you got young kids like i do like you do uh keep it simple three basic elements read sing pray you know um so for us reading is maybe a chapter maybe less depending on the length of the chapter giving my quick you know thoughts or convictions on the chapter then we move into uh, a time of worship um and so two three songs 
the Psalter, if you like, um, contemporary worship, um, some really great Christian hip hop, whatever it may be, whatever that's uh, worshiping God, and then lastly move to prayer, mm-hmm. um, and then we close with the doxology. Okay. Um, and and it just it's a nice sweet time. Sometimes our family worship is ten minutes. Sometimes it's twenty minutes. It just depends on the night. Depends on 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 what's going on sure but the thing is consistency yeah consistency is key and that's where i messed up so many times throughout the past is we would we would have a good thing going we do it two three nights in a row and then i'd mess up and we wouldn't do it for a week sure that would turn into two weeks consistency is key and to to build that habit with your children is a wonderful thing they understand and and then the other suggestion i would give to our brothers is um pick a consistent time and place. Okay. So I know some brothers that love to do it right after dinner. So for them, it's like nobody gets up from the dinner table until we've done family worship. Okay. Right. We'll do dinner chores afterwards. But right now we're going to eat dinner. Nobody yeah. gets up and we're going to do family worship. For my family, it's right before bedtime. You know, brush your teeth, get on your jammies. We're going to do family worship okay. and then we're going to go okay. from there. Um, but, but keep it consistent. Keep, you know, find what works for you. Some, some of our brothers may work third shift and it's like, okay, well then let's do it in the morning. Right. Do it in the morning before you got to go, go to work, whatever it may be, find your time, be consistent. Sure. And even, you know, something that, uh, that I do and I heard, uh, you know, Vody talking about, he does it in the morning and the evening, but, uh, you know, even just grabbing the Bible at your breakfast table yeah. and reading the word to your kids, reading mm-hmm. a proverb for that day, um, yeah. some, something, you know, something. Uh, and, um, you know, kind of kind of tell us, you, you told me that something that's been really beneficial to you is you've found ways to include your children in, in the family worship. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and, and that was a response to... A lot of times I hear brothers say, yeah, but my two-year-old, he's just running around, he's grabbing toys, he wants to play with a Tonka truck, <laughs> he's pressing every music button on there. And, yes. You know, like, how do I get them to sit still? My, one thing that worked for our family um, was assigning my kids tasks. So, for example, um, I would say to one of my sons, today you're going to lead us in prayer. Um, and then I would say to one of my other sons, today you're going to get to pick one of the hymns. Okay. And then to one of my daughters, you're going to get to pick one of the hymns. You know, and I just mix it up. That way, if I give them the task towards the beginning of family worship, they're engaged. They know, oh, it's it's my night. Yeah. It's my night. I get to pick my favorite hymn. Which one am I going to pick? Yeah. So uh, it gets them engaged. It gets them excited to say, tonight we're going to sing Rock of Ages because that's my favorite, you know, okay. or, or whatever it may be. But I've now I've captured their attention. They're thinking about it and they're like, okay. So, um, and then mix it up each night. Yeah. You know, go through the rotation, assign somebody prayer, assign somebody the song, um, but mix it up. Keep, yeah. it, keep it fresh so that everybody has a task. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Bodhi said when I was listening to him is he said that... Uh, in the prayer time, when assigning your children, uh, people in the household to pray for, mm-hmm. when you guys have problems going on in your household, it becomes really difficult for your child or your wife to hold on to something when she's forced to pray for that person. Absolutely, it will it will work out your disputes. Oh yes, yeah. yes. There's nothing more humbling. Yeah, yeah. Pray pray for your mom that you're upset at right, right now. Right, right, uh, right. Yeah. Right. Right. A little bit of humble pie is, is, is good for everybody. So absolutely. Yeah, that, that works. That works. Um, and then one of the most beautiful things is hearing my children pray about things, um, you know, that we talk about on Sundays. Yeah. So more often than not, what comes out of my children's mouth on a regular basis is something that's very fresh in our church's heart 
the the discussion of abortion. Yes. And hearing my kids say, "God, close down the abortion mill." Yeah. Or Shut it or, down. or Father, yeah. you know, stop this in our country or pass this bill. I'm like, you caught that? Like, yeah. You must have been listening. You know, you were listening on Sunday. You were listening to us, or you heard the discussion we were having. Yes. Nothing more humbling than. I'm not even praying for this. You know, it's a reminder right. for me as an adult. My, here are my children praying about the end of abortion in our country. And yeah. did I pray about that today? Yeah. Uh, also, something that uh, is beneficial is the fact that we're when we're doing family worship, we're teaching them how to act in church. Mm-hmm. So we're getting them used to sitting there and listening Absolutely. to the message, right? Yeah. So we're training them up again. Yep. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I always laugh because Vody's so direct in his writing and his teaching, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, how do you how do you feel that uh, you're escaping the wrath of your child and are not raising your child in the way that they should go, and you're giving them to some worker who yeah. has to take yeah. on that wrath, yeah. you know, and you're you're escaping it. Exactly like what you said. You're training your child what's appropriate. Um, for Sunday worship, mm-hmm. uh, for the Lord's Day worship, you know, with the rest of the congregation. And ours is one that's a family integrated uh, church. And so I'm teaching them, yeah, I can sit down and I can listen for this long, you know. And, and so you're training up your child in multiple things. You're also training your child how to listen to an adult, you yes. know, how to listen and respect an adult. You know, the, the, there's so many facets to that, that you're training your child. And, and I think you kind of said it, but, you know, one of the things that that's another option um, objection that I often hear is, uh, well, my, my kid's too young. They can't sit for that long. And in my house, we spank, uh, yeah. spare the rod, spoil the child. So, yep. uh, first couple times that we had to go through that, um, when we were very first in starting family worship, um, you know, yeah, my two-year-old, my four-year-old running around crazy. And it's like, all right, everybody, I have to pause family worship. Sure. We're taking the two-year-old, yep. we're doing the chastisement, we come back, and it probably took two or three nights of that, and they were like, I don't want Yeah, I don't want to run around <laughs> I don't, anymore. I don't want to do is it. You know, Dad, not yeah. giving up. So, uh, yeah, it takes it takes a few nights, and then it's like, okay, Dad's yeah. not playing around. You know, we're yeah. gonna we're here to learn. And so you're training him up in that way. Yeah, you're, and as I said before, you're showing them that God's Word is authority exactly. for yourself, too, because you're stopping what you're doing. Yeah. You're reading the Word of God. You're teaching your children about it, and the Bible's commanded us to do that. So it shows our children that we're under authority, Absolutely. too, yep. just as they are, right? Absolutely, yeah. So give us, uh, obviously, it's not all about fruit. It's about obedience, and there's mm-hmm. an internal fruit from those things, but maybe give us uh, some fruit that you've seen from doing family worship with your family. Absolutely. Uh, the fruit of family worship is, number one, my kids are hearing it. You know, my kids are hearing it now, and I've, I've been very blessed to see several of my kids turn, you know, to Christ. The, the, their eyes have been opened, the scales have been removed. That's the sweetest thing, knowing that my kids have been adopted into the family of, of Christ. But, um, you know, on a more broad scale, there's an aroma in my home now. And that's what I want to create is the aroma of my home is pleasing to the Lord. Um, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, we see these different type of author- offerings, burnt offerings, things along those lines. I want my home to be a pleasing aroma to God. I want people that walk by my home to go, well, what's going on there? You know, yeah. like, the why are those people raising their hand? You know, if they're looking through my yeah, window, why are those sure. people raising their hand sure. in their home? Does everybody, does everybody have a question or what's going on? No, we're yeah. praising God. You know, we're praising God here in my home. 
Um, for us, family worship has continued to become more and more sweet. Now we even do Sabbath dinners on okay. Saturday nights to kick off our excitement for Sabbath day. Um, we do a big Sabbath dinner that we get excited about. We, we do, you know, it's a party. Uh, okay. We have a great time. And then it's even turned into now I, I give blessings for my children, you know, and okay. I, I, I tell them what I want them to be when they grow up and what I see oh, wow. for them in their lives. Wow. And that's caused me and my wife to be humbled and pray for these things. So the the domino effect of family worship turning into all these other things, it's huge. Wow. It's huge. It's tenfold. It just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm more recent in the doing family worship consistently. I'm really mm-hmm. working on doing it every night. The only nights we don't do it are Wednesday when we come over for um, Reach Group, reach group mm-hmm. and Sunday usually when we're yeah. actually going to service. Yeah. But uh, we're trying to be more consistent. We're setting a time, yeah. uh, and I read uh, a proverb every morning with my kids when I'm here for breakfast. Sometimes I'm not, but whenever I'm here, yeah. and if I'm not here, Mom reads it, right? Because yeah. it's when we're uh, when we're away from the house, then Mom has the opportunity to lead that. Absolutely. There's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, it's like you said, the consistency and yeah. the family going after God. Exactly. So, man, I appreciate... Uh, the encouragement. I appreciate uh, the conversation, and we're actually going to show um, the audience, our audience, uh, our families doing family worship yeah. together, and uh, I'm excited about that. Let's do it. So you guys, uh, stay tuning in, uh, and we're going to do that later on in the show. Uh, but before we do that, I want to do have some fun with my brother, and we're going to do the wheel of groom. Uh oh. Ready for the wheel of groom? I, I, I don't know. I'll, okay. I'll let you know after you ask me. Okay. So this is the wheel of groom. Okay. Let me tighten the... Uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Wheel of groom. And I'm going to have you spin this. And there's different games okay. on this wheel. And whatever you land on, that's the game that you and I are going to play. Oh, wow. Okay. So you go ahead and give it a... Hold on. Let me get you there. Go ahead and give it a spin. Oh, let me loosen it for you a little bit. That's tight. That's tight. Okay, there you go. Now it's going to roll. That's a nice one. Okay, that's good. What do we got here? What do we I'm got? Nervous. I'm nervous. Are you a little bit nervous? I'm, yeah. Yeah, you're, you, don't, you don't, can't prep for this one. No. Truth or dare. Okay, all right. Okay. It is what it is. So we'll actually have a game okay. called Truth or Dare. Hey, what do you know? And I am going to give you three cards, and I'm going to get three cards, and I'll explain the game. Okay. So let me get a, some cards out. All right, so we each get three trivia cards. Hold All on, right. let, me, let me put these, because some of them might have been uh, used in previous used before. All right. Three trivia cards. Okay. Okay. And... Uh, can I look at these? You can okay. look at those. All right. And then I'm going to give you... Oh, you can look at mine. Three truth or dare cards. Oh, okay. All right. Actually, let me grab those for me because those are on the very top. I probably didn't shuffle these before. Okay. I didn't look at them. It's fine. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. So what's okay. going to happen is you're going to start. Okay. You're going to ask me the trivia question on you, on any one of your cards. You can okay. pick it. Okay. And if I get it wrong... Then you can ask me any of the truth questions on your cards. If I get it right, 
I get to ask you one of my dare cards. Now you can say I'm not going to do that. That's totally fine. <laughs> if uh, or I can say I'm not going to answer your truth question. But if I do so, you get to set down two of your truth or dare cards. If I do it, whatever you ask, or vice versa, then you get to send down one. And okay. the goal of the game is to get rid of all of the cards okay. in your hand. Okay, all right. Okay? I think I get it, but you can remind me. Okay. And you pick either question, and you can ask. You go ahead and start. Okay, I'll start with this one. Benedict was the first person to resign from this job since 1294. Oof. Benedict was the first person to resign from this job since 1294. Head of state. Is that your final answer? It is. That is completely wrong. Uh, that would be Pope. Pope Benedict ah. uh, was the first person to resign from this job since 1294. Okay. You go ahead and ask me your truth, any of your okay. truth questions. Okay. Now do I set this one down? You set it down. Okay. Uh, you set the... You set the that down, and then you set the truth card down, or the truth or dare card down that you asked me, whatever the truth one Okay. Is. Okay. Uh, what achievements, I'm sorry, what achievement are you most proud of? Mm. What achievement am I most proud of? Probably, it'll, it would probably be um, raising up my children in a biblical way. Amen. That's 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 my answer. That's a good one. All right. Now my trivia question. Okay. I'll probably get it wrong, but okay. What this animal escaped the Bronx Zoo in 2011 and then took Twitter by storm. Man, I feel like I remember that. Uh, I'm gonna either say. Ooh, one, one answer. I only get one animal. Okay, I'm going to go with gorilla. Final answer? Yeah. It's a cobra. Cobra. Well, that cobra. is scary. That is frightening. Yeah, okay. that's terrifying. Okay. All right. All right. Truth question. Okay. If you died tomorrow, what would you want your headstone to say? Oh, man. Um... The only thing I could think of was uh, make just make sure you bury me with my beard hanging, you know, above the ground. Yeah. Um, no, my headstone. Um, faithful father, husband, something along those lines that would hopefully be indicative of, of the way I've led my family. Yeah. All right. Is it my turn? Your turn. Okay. Let's see. What was the name of the hurricane that devastated New Orleans in 2005? Katrina. You are correct. Okay, so I get to ask you a dare question. There was no hard one. Okay. So, okay, yeah. Or do I not get to put that one down? Uh, you don't. You put I, the truth. You put the trivia card down. You okay. don't get to put the other card down. Okay, I see. Mmm. This is, I don't know if this is going to be possible right okay. now. Okay, all right. Stand on your head. <laughs> you want to break something here? You want to knock over some of the mics and cameras? Uh, if I pass, what happens? I I, I put two down and oh. lose the game. I'm going I'm to have to pass. I don't know if I can stand on my head at okay. any point in my life. I don't know if I can stand on my head. All right. Well, that makes me the winner. Oh, man. The loser of the game. Has to what? 
has to eat three disgusting jelly beans from the Bean Boozled game. Wow. I probably should have said that You beforehand. didn't warn me of this. I probably I would didn't. have tried to stand on my head if I knew that was the uh, repercussion. All right. All right. Like, we're talking about, like, vomit and, like, dog poop? Like yes. those ones? Okay. Uh-huh. Wonderful. That sounds delightful. All right. Here you we just, are. You just have it. I just have go. it right here, ready to go. All right. All right. Like three at a time, or I have just to do one like at, one, one at a time. I'll hold the spinner for you. Do you know each one of the flavors? I do. Are? I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, read wait, it to okay. you. Read it off for you. Oh. Okay. There we go. What is that Spoiled one? milk or coconut. It's That's one of the white ones. Pure white. Lactose intolerant. Is it <laughs> Hopefully, it's spoiled coconut milk. Nope, that's bad. It's really, really bad. <laughs> it's, Is it spoiled milk? Yeah, it tastes like toe fungus. It's really, really nasty. Like bad. Oh. <laughs> I need to brush my teeth. That's horrible. That's bad? Okay. Yeah, last time uh, one of our guests, he got that one and he said it was by far the worst. That's horrible. Where only, did it... only, only two more to go. Great, great. Very encouraging. Oh no! Wait, let me flick it good because yeah, that looks go. like I got. Some. There we go. Okay, there you go. We got blueberry or toothpaste. It's one of the blue ones. I'm hoping for blueberry. Let's see. That was blueberry. It's good. Blueberry got a winner. Winner. All right. Not so bad. I can do that again. Oh. All right, we got Juicy Pear or Booger. It's uh, these green ones here. Wow. Can you hold that up for us real quick? Mm -hmm. Let's just hope Juicy that's not a Juicy Pear booger. or Booger? Booger it is. Oh, yeah, definitely Booger. <laughs> yeah, not bad. It's very salty. It tastes like dirt and salt. <laughs> and My kids would enjoy that flavor, unfortunately. Not bad. Not as bad as the cheesy, nasty, moldy thing. That Not was by far the worst. Yeah, I've heard that that one's the worst. I, I almost... Well, I appreciate you af after coming in and giving us a bunch of great nuggets that we get to poison you with some terrible Thank jelly you. boons. Yeah, it's, it's good. Thanks for being a good sport, oh, yeah. at least. Good reward for your guests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, th there is a reward for my guests. We're going to let you take home the Reform Dads. Hey, thank you. For being awesome. Thank you. Appreciate we appreciate you. Uh, sorry we poisoned you a little bit. I forgive you. It's all for fun. Mm -hmm. You know. You're fun, not mine. Uh, okay. I, I, I could have been. I could have been the one eating them. I, I wish you were. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna go have some dinner now, right. which is good. So we'll wash that taste out. Thank you. Yes. I'll do my little wrap up and. Thanks, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. As I always say, comb out your beard in the way that it should grow, and when it is long, it will not depart from it. Thank you guys for being with us. Till next time. This addition versus submission Sinners need forgiveness Surrender to his lordship Don't extort the grace he's given See I'm blessed by the one Yahweh All day I'm a wretched sinner Deserve hell for always I'm